podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Today, I'm speaking with Diana Noor. Diana is an experienced and qualified career practitioner, and she has worked extensively with professional and skilled migrants and assisted them to create career pathways and find jobs. Let's talk to Diana. Welcome, Diana. Welcome to your career down under show. Hi, Nate. How are you? Before we begin, we'd like to know about your career story or journey. How did you start and what do you do now? Well, I migrated to Australia in the 90s. I was a teenager Mm -hmm. and I went to university here and I graduated from a science degree. Yeah. My career took a bit of a turn. So Mm -hmm. I worked in uh, telecommunication after Mm -hmm. graduation. Then I moved to the not-for-profit sector where I did a lot of work in the employment and education sector, helping migrants and refugees, Mm -hmm. uh, skilled migrants, new arrivals to navigate the world Mm. of work in Australia. And that was probably the most rewarding job that I've ever done. During that time, I also took the postgraduate certificate in career education and Mm -hmm. I had more interest in actually understanding the barriers and navigating and working in a more better way with obviously the qualification backs up, um, make you work in a better way as well. And at the moment, I am working in Victoria University, coordinating academic support services. So that's Mm. helping students at the university with, let's say, writing, Mm. uh, employment, careers, and also like maths, developing math skills that help them. So I oversee the team. So I have less contact with face-to-face students. students. Mm. But having said that, it's... I know that the services that we deliver within the organization as well are to prepare them to the world of work and to really ensure that they are getting the most up-to-date information Mm. and we're keeping up with the changes that's happening around us as well. Excellent. I think you've been around the real um, working with the migrant community. So your experience will be absolutely critical uh, and your, your insights will be absolutely important for the listeners. So can you tell us what gives you the inspiration every day to continue to do the work? Because it's not easy to, because now you work in a different environment, but when you work with people who are really seeking employment Mm. and sometimes very desperate situation, and how do you keep yourself going, uh, Diana? Well, I always found that my experience was always important. So any small advice I would give to migrants about understanding an interview question or understanding how to present themselves to an employer or workplace practices, as little information you could give to a newly arrived migrant, it becomes so valuable and they take it 
they embrace it, they really learn from it. Mm. And that always motivated me to really keep up with what's happening with the world around us, whether yeah. it's industry knowledge, labor market, mm. whether it's a training, making sure that they are making the right decisions when they mm. are choosing courses and changing from one career to the other. As you know, yep. a lot of migrants end up changing careers yes, when they come yes. to Australia. So it's also assuring them and giving them confidence in making those decisions so they are accountable and feeling informed and empowered yeah. that they are making informed decisions. So mm. what I found over the years is a lot of migrants listen firsthand to their family members mm. or members of the community who don't mm. necessarily have all the skills and knowledge about what happens in the wider society yeah. about employment and about education opportunities. Mm. So I think that has always been my passion is yeah. to really set a consistent message mm. um, and make sure that all the parties in the context of where I worked Mm. I always wanted to make sure that all the parties involved in supporting migrants yeah. are to make sure that we are giving them the right information, even if it mm. has to do with overseas skills recognition yeah. or, and so forth. So that's always been really yeah. close to my heart. And I've seen students flourish yeah, and absolutely. apply to universities and graduate and get employment. Yeah, wow. That's what makes it worthwhile. Yeah, to be yeah so, absolutely. Yeah. So let's dig into the, our subject around behavioral interviews. Now, my experience has been that behavioral interviews are not specifically in a technique that most of the migrants are aware of. I think when I migrated a decade back, I never heard of behavioral interviews. Mm. And it's an interview that constitutes the most of the interview process nowadays, or at least big chunk of that. And I always, I personally have struggled with behavioral interviews. So can you give us a context of why there is a big push or why does the employer rely on behavioral interviews? Well, often majority of employers, when they set a time to meet mm. a candidate, it's about getting as much information and knowledge and assessing the candidate in that half an hour that they meet. So behavioral interviews are designed so that in a way where the employer captures and builds a bit of an understanding or a profile of the candidate, how they will mm. fit in the team, how their attitude will contribute to the organization, mm. their skills and capabilities, but more so about how they will fit and their attitude. Mm. Um, they also look at their interpersonal skills in getting the work done mm. and how they tie their life experiences into the workplace as well. So behavioral interviews are really a key for employers to ascertain how the candidate fits within the organization. Mm. So someone can have all the technical skills about doing a job, mm. but if they don't demonstrate that they can actually get along with other people and they can work in a team and communicate with different diverse uh, work groups, these are the things that employers try to ascertain from meeting with candidates mm. at the behavior interviews. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, obviously we know that it revolves around having like a situation, task, action and result or challenge, action and result. Can you give us an idea what are some of the best way to prepare for the behavioral interviews? Because there are probably umpteen number of questions that can be thrown at you. Mm. It's very, a lot of people say, I prepared these 20, 25 questions. 
Yes. But if there is a 26th question, which is not even available on internet as a frequently asked question, how do you really prepare for something like that? I think my best advice is always to prepare, obviously, for mm. the interview. So to really understand how to capture the question and break it down into, like you mentioned, the style method and how to articulate it. So it's all about really rehearsing and thinking of some examples, tangible examples that the interview had the, the candidates have prepared that are relevant to the position, whether it's a problem solving or whether it has to do with communication or meeting deadlines. So it's really about preparing and rehearsing. Mm. But I guess to come back to what you're saying, if there mm. is a question that someone hasn't come across or didn't anticipate, and often it's very natural that you will always go to an interview where there is at least one question that you haven't anticipated. Mm. It's really just thinking on your feet and being yourself. So have mm. that confidence that you don't necessarily have to get all the questions 100%. Yeah. It's about your attitude. It's about your smile. It's about mm. having confidence in your abilities to actually really want this job and to really fit in. My advice would be don't be bogged down by just, oh, this is my chance and this is it. Yes, mm. it is your chance, but it's not it because they also looking at your personality and about mm. your values, you being a human and you being mm. yourself in the interview. So it's not all about being over-prepared and systematic mm. answering the questions as well. It's also about when you are faced with a question that you mm. haven't anticipated. Yeah, It's about how you tackle it and, and sometimes also drawing from real-life examples that don't have to do with your workplace as mm. well. You know, if you have extracurricular activities or volunteering, you can always mm. draw on those examples as well. One of the questions that I mostly get asked is, Naishad, if I do not have a professional experience to share, Mm. I did not have. But for example, I was volunteering or I was helping out with a friend on doing something. And can I draw my experience or can I draw that example into that? And I have always advised that you should avoid as much as possible. But if you cannot find anything closed into your professional experience, then you should look at What's your view on that and how does an employer view that kind of thing? Well, I absolutely second what you just mentioned. Yeah. It is about if a migrant comes to Australia and that's been some of my work with migrants mm. is when they come to Australia and they don't have local experience. So don't just automatically dismiss all the experience you've had in your country. Mm. And because we know we have migrants with lots of rich skills and abilities, so it's about having that confidence that your experience still matters mm. and your qualification still matters and you have transferable skills and this is how you might articulate it. Mm. So in the case where someone is a new graduate, for example, where they had the odd casual positions or volunteering positions, Yes, always draw on those examples and you mm. work with others and you're being part of the team and how you communicate. And there's nothing wrong with that. Employers love hearing things like that. It mm. gives a different dimension mm. to your professional identity as well. So you're not just talking about your professional experience mm. or lack of anyways, but you are still drawing on your other experiences. Yeah. And especially for mothers returning to work as well. Mm. I've had mothers who never worked. They yeah. came as migrants and after probably 10 years they entered the workforce mm. and my advice was to them is to actually draw on their experience in 
raising their children and oh. you know, organizing activities and tackling conflict and tackling yeah. uh, stress and handling stress and things like that. So mm. that's also quite valuable because it gives an employer that you are being yourself yeah. and you still have extended skills beyond the technical skills of the job yeah. that will allow you to actually get the job done and mm. that will allow you to grow and succeed in the role. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of the behavioral questions, what do they value? Do they value the actions that somebody take and the kind of detailed outline of the actions that one took? Or is it all about the outcome that, look, I saved this or I did this or I helped achieve this outcome? What would be the value? Is it like 50-50 they would value both of them equally? Well, there's obviously... The situation just gives the employer the background of mm. what the context of the project or, mm. or the work that you've done. The task is what usually is often what's the specific was assigned to yourself mm. as an employee. And then the action is one of the biggest ones that they look at. They look at how you use your skills, mm. your communication, how you problem solved, how you came to be part of the solution or the results mm. for that particular project. So it's really about your behavior and your attitude towards the project and how you worked with other people. And it's really about that soft skills that employers look for, about how working in a team and communicating and making sure that also reconsidering options when sometimes yeah. things don't go as planned. When you are as an employee, you have to make alternative decisions yeah. or reconsider different ideas and things like that. So it's all about adaptability and working with a team. Mm. And they want to really hear that you will fit in the organizational fit. And, mm. and it's all about working within a team. It's all about communicating and your adaptability and flexibility in yeah. the workplace as well. So they're really looking for mm. how you tackled the action and how you contributed to the result, mm. whether it's direct or indirect, but that's what often it's looked at, yeah. Excellent. Now, what are some of your other pet peeves around interview preparation in terms of what do you really value? And obviously, you have attended many, many interviews and you rely on certain tips or strategies. What are some yeah. of your favorite things that you can share with us? Well, beside the obvious that it's really <laughs> important to research um, <laughs> the organization or the company and know their values and their visions. You don't need to memorize all of these, but just have an idea. So you know what the employer is looking mm. for, what they stand for. And you can also use some of those in your interview answers. The preparation, obviously, being dressed to impress, so being presentable and making sure that you arrive on time and on the logistics behind it. One of the most important things for myself and for a lot of people is actually to rehearse the questions and to practice some examples of the behavioral questions that exist on the internet nowadays. You might look at 10 that could be relevant to the role that you're going for. Mm -hmm. And so questions for nursing will be different. Nurses will be different for a question sure. for an engineer, for example. Yeah. So it's about actually looking at the most examples that are relevant to the position you're going for and practice. Mm. You know, practice makes perfect. We know that already. Mm. So rehearse it if you have someone that you can actually do a mock interview with you, whether you can just practice just articulating and saying out loud your answers, that will actually make it a lot easier. 
it'll make you a lot more prepared. But, you know, firstly and foremost, always be yourself, you know, always have confidence in your abilities and your skill set and your abilities to do the job Mm. and be yourself and have a good attitude and smiling goes a long way. Sure, yeah. (laughs) So I find that a smile goes a long way in in any social aspect. Absolutely. um, In interviews, it's really important to just remind yourself consciously to have a smile and on your face. And of course, you know, anxiety will always be there. The interview yeah, and for migrants, if it's their first experience, it will be probably the most daunting. Yeah, but no, the more interviews yeah. you go through, yeah. you build your confidence. And it's yeah. not a bad thing. You, we always take something and we learn from each yeah. and every experience. And yeah, so my advice would be to really prepare and believe in your abilities and yourself and yeah. build that confidence leading up to the interview. Managing anxiety, it will always be there. So Absolutely. It's probably some breathing techniques or what works for the individual yeah. to calm them down. And I've heard all of different things. Some people, they just like read some jokes before they go into an interview. Yeah, true, true. I Lighten think ev- the- yeah. And everybody yeah, has a different way to do that. And I think we should practice that. One of the things that I always had when my university days that before an exam, I would not feel hungry. But as soon as I start the exam, writing the paper, I'll start to feel hungry. <laughs> so if I'm now going for an interview or a presentation or anything, I forcefully feed myself so that I'm not really kind of focused on my hunger while I'm doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that I have over a period of time. Mm. I have altered that habit of mine. Mm. I think that that's very important. A bit of anxiety is necessary for the performance. Mm. Mm. You got to do sometimes it's music, sometimes it's breathing, sometimes it's exercise. I don't know. People Mm. have different Mm. ways to calm the nerves. And that's a very good thing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. All right, Diana, look, you've been very generous with your tips and strategies. So tell me, how do people contact if they need more assistance from you? Well, I'm open. People can connect with me on LinkedIn and send me, inbox me a message. And I'm yep. more than happy to connect that way. Yes. And answer any questions people might have. Yeah. Excellent. But it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank oh, you. Please. No, no, my pleasure. And look, we will definitely pick up your brain again. Once we receive some suggestions and feedback on this, then we'll touch base again to do another podcast with you. Fantastic. No worries. I'll be right. looking to that too. All the best. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au And if you have got a question about today's episode, or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.